Gospel of John, uh, chapter 3. Um, this is really an interesting snapshot out of Scripture. Let's see, starting at verse uh, 25. There arose a discussion on the part of John's disciples, John the Baptist, John's disciples with a Jew about purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan, talking about Jesus, to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing and all are coming to him. And John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves are my witnesses that I said I am not the Christ, but I have been sent ahead of him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. So this joy of mine has been made full. Verse 30 is the classic kicker to all of this. He must increase, but I must decrease. Mm -hmm. Great words from the mouth of John the Baptist. More of Jesus, less of me. Thinking about the world's message, right? It's a totally different message for us. To hear the world tell it, it is all about me. I'm being true to myself, doing what makes me happy, you know, following my dreams, living my best life now, speaking my truth, becoming the best version of myself. Here's another one that's kind of scary, listening to my heart. Uh, that sounds like the uh, topic of many a graduation speech, mm -hmm. follow your heart. It's pretty clear that the world's loud and, and incessant voice is telling us that uh, if I'm going to be happy, then I need to spend more of my uh, time and money and attention on myself. Hmm. We need to talk about this in light of the words of John the Baptist. Blogger Rebecca Matt has thought deeply about this. In fact, uh, she has written an entire article about he must increase, I must decrease. And so we've invited her to be with us. She blogs at greatandnobletasks.com. Hi, Rebecca. Good morning to you. How you doing? Hi. Thanks for having me here. You betcha. All right. So you love this portion of Scripture, too, don't you? I do. I've been studying it in Bible study. That's that's how the article came to be written. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, it's the story behind the article. That's great. All right. So so some of your thoughts here as you were studying through this passage and, and kind of work, work uh, through that with us so we can trace your line of reasoning and, and feed our souls here this morning and get a wake-up call. Yeah, well, um, I think for me, the biggest thing about this uh, verse, I've, I've struggled with this for a long time and several other similar verses in the Bible because um, my own story, uh, I was not raised as a Christian and I didn't become a Christian until I was about 30. So for me, I had been living for myself for quite a while. And, um, you know, as the world saw it, I was doing pretty well. I had a good job. Um, my career was going. Uh, I was the first one in my family to have graduated from college. Um, but under the surface, things were not as they seemed. Um, I was not fulfilled in any really significant way. I was not happy. I was kind of making a mess out of my personal life, but 
I was doing all the things that I had been told by my culture, by my family, by my teachers to do, which was that whole list of things that you read, you know, listening to my heart and being true to myself and following my dreams. But it just wasn't working out for me um, the way that I had kind of been promised that it would. So when I became a Christian, I started looking into this some more, and I, I began to realize that all throughout the Bible, which for the first time in my life I was reading, um, this was not at all what the Bible was saying. This was not the message of Scripture. And in every book I read, um, what I was really supposed to be focusing on were things like uh, humility, which was a term I hadn't thought about very much, um, patience and long-suffering, things like sacrifice. And I saw these things in Scripture personified in Jesus, but I also just saw them throughout the whole thing, examples of um, humility and sacrifice versus examples of people living, doing what's right in their own eyes Mm -hmm. and how that works out for them. Yes. (laughs) Um, It it never works out well. And yet I had been doing what was right in my own eyes my whole life. And, you know, I'd been told this is, this is the way to, to have a good life. And this is, this is what we do. Uh, We're looking out for number one, which is ourselves. But of course that's not true. So um, for me, that is something that I have really been looking at a lot. And, um, Things like, what does it mean to lay down your life for your friends? We're supposed to do that. Uh, that's, the, that's what love means. What on earth does that mean for me here in the 21st century? Um, so there's just been a lot of um, things about this that have caused me to think, how can I live this out in my daily life? Um, which is where the article came from. Yeah. See, this is great. And I believe we get these challenges. You know, God is so good. He doesn't give us too much at one time. Uh, We would not be able to stand, right? You know, there's Mm -hmm. so much we need to work on in this life, and that's, again, if you're wondering, well, what about the works thing? Uh, It's not a salvation issue. We receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior by faith. It's nothing we can do to earn our salvation. Just want to make that perfectly clear. It's based upon what He has achieved, what He did on the cross, dying for our sins, in our place, uh, he who knew no sin became sin for us. All of the wrath due us poured upon him. Then when he was uh, in the grave, he didn't stay there. He rose from the dead. God accepted that sacrifice. God can be both forgiving and merciful and not violate his holiness and justice. That's the beauty of it. But You call that justification. Well, then there's sanctification, which is growing to be more like who you really are because you are in Jesus. And by that, you know, we have a new life, a new heart, but it is uh, not a perfect work until we step into the presence of the Lord. We are growing to be more like Jesus each and every day. And that is a, a, a struggle. It's one step forward some days and two steps back. We have God's grace. And as he reveals these areas that we need to work on in our lives, then that's when we're like, okay, Lord, please help me with this. Again, if he were to give us everything we needed to work on, we would be so overwhelmed, we would give up. We Mm -hmm. would be very discouraged. So maybe for you, what we're talking about here this morning is hitting home. You're like, you know, there's more of me than there is of Jesus in my life. And Jesus 
You know, Re- Rebecca, I mean, Jesus never really gave us the option of saying, hmm, a little bit of, of me on the side is good enough. It was as if the Lord was saying all or nothing. He wants to get us to that place. And I guess part of it is surrender, isn't it? Definitely is surrender, um, because it goes against everything in your sinful heart, um, in my sinful heart, in everyone. It goes against everything to to make that surrender. Um, so it's, it's something that... Um, you know, you ask for help for the Holy Spirit. That's, I mean, I do. Um, I need that help every day. Um, I fail at this every single day in some way or another, but um, I know that Jesus knows that it's hard for us to do. And I think for me, it's interesting you mentioned works. And a lot of times, you know, this does, it kind of looks like works because you're thinking of other people and you're putting other people before yourself and you're serving others. And those are all really good things, but I think that the the heart of the matter comes down to your focus and where where you're looking with your life. And if your focus is on yourself and on what you want, what you're desiring, um, it, then it's in the wrong place and it's going to lead you down the wrong path. So, um, in a, you know, instead of thinking about it in terms of works, I I do like to think about it in terms of focus. That helps me. I agree 100%. This whole idea of trusting in our own heart, too. I mean, come on. Proverbs 28, uh, 26 Mm. says, He who trusts in his own heart is a fool. Mm -hmm. We don't hear that from the world. We're like, follow your heart. Follow your dreams. Well, the problem with that is my heart can be desperately wicked at some mm-hmm. points. Come on, mm-hmm. let's just be honest here. And that's and very selfish. And very selfish, be. yeah. You know what's shocking yeah. is when God does pull back the curtain. Let's mm-hmm. just say that he's like, yeah. man, and maybe there again, maybe he's done this recently for you. This is hitting home for you. He pulled back the curtain on your own heart and you gasp and you're like, that's in me. I am wretched. <laughs> you know, oh, what a wretched man I am. Yeah. You know, the Apostle Paul writing in Romans chapter 7. You know, who will save me from this body of death? And then you go to chapter 8, verse 1. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And then Jesus himself saying, uh, he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Um, These are so counterintuitive, but Rebecca, God's economy is upside down. We gain by losing, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Yeah, then and, it, and we learn that in every book, and it's it's it is what you say, uh, you know, following your heart and everything, and um, the whole culture is focused toward that, and I think even children are taught that from a very young age, and I know that for me as a as a, not a believer as a child, that was something that was um, that I it was you know just kind of poured into me for a long time, um, so I think especially for people who are not believers, this is probably just a really radical concept for them. And it, it was for me. Um, yeah. But it's life-changing. And you know, it is. It's, we think we're sacrificing when we're really not. It seems maybe on the front end like it's a sacrifice, but if you gain so much more than you give up, then it's never really a sacrifice. And so we need to keep that in mind when it comes to uh, surrender and following Jesus. You know, we gain so much here 
and now and also in the hereafter. Mm-hmm. That's that's cool to think about, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it is a paradox. Um, you really have to wrap your mind around that. That the more you lose yourself, the more the more you lose of yourself, the more you gain. Um, and Jesus tells us that you have to uh, lose your life in order to follow me, and that that's. Um, that takes a whole lifetime to learn what, yes, what he does. really means by that. It does. But, you know, a journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. And so maybe there's something that we can do today where we're like, okay, I'm denying myself, taking up my cross, I'm following Jesus. I want to magnify him in my illness, my challenge, whatever mm-hmm. it may be, fill in the blank. My goal is that Jesus is on the increase and I am on the decrease. It's more about him. This is his story. I am not the star of this story, he is. I'm at best a supporting player, and that's okay, and I'm grateful for that. Hey, Rebecca, thanks for being with us. I love your uh, love your blog. I put a link up at Curtain Cape Mornings on the Facebook page so folks can uh, read that and uh, maybe meditate a little bit on your thoughts, and then you have a bunch of other really neat stuff as well. Again, it's Great and Noble Tasks, all spelled out, greatandnobletasks.com. Thanks for being with us this morning. Thank you so much for having me.